Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy Wednesday, February 21st, everybody. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber, Also, Charlie Long running the show, keeping us in line. Uh, getting ready for some LSU basketball. The Tigers hosting number 17, Kentucky. A big cat fight in the PMAC. Uh, always a tough matchup against the Wildcats, even though they've been uh, off a little this season, you could say, but they seem to be heating up, unfortunately, at this time. Yeah, uh, Steve, uh, looking at uh, coming off a big win against South Carolina, uh, now 11th rank, uh, now you play in Kentucky, 17th rank. Uh, can you come up uh, with a victory? I mean, I think they can, uh, simply because I don't know what uh, Kentucky team is going to show up. I mean, is it going to be the one that gave up 94 points to Florida and 103 to Tennessee in Rupp Arena? Now this is in the PMAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what have you done for me lately? Uh, they dominated Auburn. Um, they snapped with the Tigers' 16-game home winning streak. They won 71-59. to So you look what they did. Uh, they played, like Coach McMahon said, they played a lot better uh, at a very high level defensively uh, against Ole Miss and Auburn. Uh, compared, uh, because I'd said earlier in the show about a couple hours ago, uh, that when you look at it in conference games only, they rank last. They're giving up like 80 and a half points a game. So uh, that, that's why I know for up, uh, given 103 points up to Tennessee, they hate Tennessee. That, that's very humbling. And considering when you're talking about 20,000 plus, uh, you know, all the home games are sold out and all, so... Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky is scoring the third most points, though. Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> they, 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 they scoring, but they're giving up. And so if they are scoring, they're playing uh, pretty good defense like they did against Ole Miss and Auburn. LSU has no chance. No, I know they're good at jacking it up from 3-2. Yeah, yeah. They'll have no, no chance. And, uh, Steve, when you when you talk about that, uh, the shooter as a team, they lead the SEC in field goal accuracy right at 50%, right under it. Uh, they also rank first nationally. And three-point field goals. This day and age of 40.5%. Uh, and they average averaging 80.5 points a game. So I don't know. I, um, 
I was impressed with what they did against South Carolina. Uh, now they gained Kentucky at home. Uh, LSU has played Kentucky well. If you look at the history, uh, when Kentucky has come to the PMAC, LSU is represented. And, and so, uh, I mean, I'm kind of intrigued. It's on ESPN, at 8 o'clock tip-off, so I'll be watching that later tonight. You mean listening to the radio? Well, doing both. <laughs> no, you, you, you like a Saints game. Turn down the sound. Yeah, yeah. You put and on turn the radio. Turn up WWL. There you yeah, go. Yeah, nice you, promo. Yeah, then, then you look at because uh, I, I like to visualize, but also uh, hear the local hear. Chris Blair. Obviously, yeah, Al McCall. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris Blair and Coach. Uh, I mean, uh, I think he does an outstanding job for sure. We got to get Coach Brady on. Yeah, uh, uh, who doesn't like Coach Brady? I mean, come on. I mean, uh, I think he does an outstanding job for LSU basketball, but. Uh, so I'm kind of intrigued uh, where they're at, and um, but to say they're going to come away with a win, um, I mean that'd be impressive. Let's you hope, know, yeah, you, the, they're chilly from beyond the arc tonight. That might give LSU a chance, right? And you look at LSU's uh, what uh, five and seven in SEC play, Kentucky's eight and four, um, and we talked about this early yesterday, and even uh, early on today in the show that a lot of people wouldn't guess this. Uh, they might say, oh, the Big East or uh, the Big 12 or any other conference, but the SEC has more, or they should say just as much as the Big 12. They have six top 25 teams, and so does the Big 12. So uh, I can't think of his name now. He's on ESPN. Um, Jay Billis? C- kind of like that, but the other guy's ball head, uh, if you would say his name. Oh, uh, Greenberg? Yes, Yes, yes. He said, watch out for the SEC in the tournament. <laughs> he said, you know, in March Madness, he said he thinks the the SEC is going to represent. They'll really be mad. They'll really be representing. And, you know, you talk about uh, can you get to the Sweet 16, Elite 8 and all that. He goes, uh, uh, I'm very um, hyped on um, and uh, I'm pro-SEC right now. What are they going to do in, uh, for March Madness? What do you think the job that uh, Coach McMahon's done so far? I know it's been rough, obviously, after taking over all the other incidents, you know, the suspensions and and whatnot after right. the, the Will Wade uh, tenure. But uh, well, uh, I, I would think, look at right now the SEC record is vastly improved from last season, so that's a positive. I think uh, he's a good coach. I think he'll be a winning coach at LSU, but I think Will Wade's better. And I'm not just loving Will Wade. I just think – uh, Will Wade, uh, McNeese, and, and what he's done. Uh, watch Will Wade in the future and where he's going to end up because he knows how to play the game, but he got in trouble. Now you don't get in trouble for him. I mean, come on. I got a big-ass offer. Uh, you cannot refuse or whatever. So, uh, Will, listen, you could be – there's different levels of good coaches. Right. And I think Coach McMahon will do an outstanding job. But you LSU. would put Wade, Will Wade a, a notch ahead, a, a tear ahead. Uh, 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 without a doubt, and ain't nothing against uh, Coach McMahon. That's sad how uh, it ends then for you know his tenure at LSU. Well, because his timing, and uh, I don't know well, why did Will Wade get more in trouble than uh, Bill Self at, at Kansas, or even uh, I can't think of his name now at Arizona. Uh, you was know, it because they had the FBI tapes of him? Uh, the audio, uh, I don't know, the big ass off or whatever. <laughs> But I, I think they all basically all got caught. Now, I don't know. Charlie might know more about that. But when I look at uh, that's what I can recall, if I can recall, was like Arizona, Kansas, and LSU being investigated and all that. And all I know is I want to say Bill Self with Kansas. 
uh, after all this, he gets a lifetime contract for Kansas. Lifetime. As long as he wants to be at the Kansas Jayhawks, he can coach there. Right. So, uh, But, you know, Kansas basketball, that's like Kentucky, Duke. Uh, the Blue now, Bloods, uh, right. Old school Indiana. Uh, not so much today. Old school UCLA, John Wooden. Uh, so when you look at all that, but no, uh, listen, Kansas has gotten better in football, but come on. No matter how good Kentucky gets in football or Kansas, they could be really good in football. Well, how do you view Kentucky and Kansas? It's a freaking basketball school. Absolutely. Now, I mean, the younger people might not realize that, but I'm going back, though, way back, decades and all. Kentucky, same thing with UCLA. Uh, UCLA uh, going to the Big Ten and all now. UCLA football will never be USC football. Now, because of John Wimmy, but UCLA basketball, that's a different story. Now, UCLA basketball was like dominant. Where USC football, they can compete with everybody and Ohio State and all that. Um, God, I was just thinking about this. I mentioned this probably before in the radio. I am so fascinated and intrigued with LSU's schedule next year. They kick off the football season in Las Vegas, where they had the Super Bowl against right. USC. Now, USC may not be the USC of old, but there's still that mystique. It's USC football. And then this is the time to have uh, you know, it's sold-out Tiger Stadium. I know they play in Nickel State. Uh, that's a money game. But look who's coming to Baton Rouge. Okay, you have UCLA. Okay, uh, think of that name. Coming to Baton Rouge. What is, I don't think that's ever happened. Then you got Oklahoma coming to Tiger Stadium. Then you got Alabama coming to Tiger Stadium. Am I missing one, Charlie? I don't know. But I, okay, I mentioned UCLA, Oklahoma, Alabama. Uh, and I mentioned USC. They, uh, yeah, USC, but that's in Las Vegas. But I'm saying just in Tiger Stadium. This is the time to have season tickets. I want to be in that number. The whole tailgating atmosphere, name recognition. I mean, it, it's unbelievable, the, the teams. Uh, now, because there's going to be more of that in the future since Texas and Oklahoma is joining the SEC. But, yeah, next year, home games, uh, you got uh, UCLA, you got o- Oklahoma, and Alabama. Steve, uh, you got any other surprises? or? Um, getting to it for you. We're going to take a break real quick when we get back. Well, there was so freaking computer. Where did that uh, come up? Well, you know, things take a little while over here. Come on. Uh, We're going to take a break, though. Be right back, and we're going to start going around the NFC South. Uh, J.C. Allen of the Tampa Bay Bucks reporter for Bucks Game Day, also host of the sick podcast, Pirate Parlay. Be back with more right here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We're always talking about Saints on WWL Radio today. Today, trying to switch it up a little bit, going around the NFC South. Starting things off, we're going to hit Tampa Bay, the defending NFC South champs. Tampa Bay reporter for Bucks Game Day and host of the Sick Podcast, Pirate Parlay. JC Allen joins us now. How you been, JC? I've been great. Hi guys, how have you been doing over there? Now, uh, JC, how is like the Bucks fan base? Because uh, I can tell you right now what the Bucks accomplish. Uh, the Huda Nation Saints fans, uh, I'd say, well, uh, th- that would be realistic. I think we maybe could do that next year. I don't know. You got to go out and do it, uh, considering how well they played against the Bucks at the end of the season. But I'm like, look, the Saints got to get back to the playoffs. If they would win the NFC South and host a playoff game and win it. I mean, uh, anything beyond that would be Lanyop a little extra. Uh, but, J.C., are, are the Bucks fans, are, are they kind of like look at the team trending in the right direction and somewhat pleased considering what they accomplished? Now, ultimately, you got to be Super Bowl champs. But but I was kind of impressed uh, what Tampa did last season. Yeah, I think, you know, you look around the league, you know, of course you guys are on the on the local scene, so national reporters never kind of know what, what the team beat is like. Um, so they had the Bucks finishing as a top five pick in the draft. Um, and, you know, these guys aren't immune to hearing stuff. They try to block out as much noise as they could. And they said, hey, just because we lost Tom Brady and a few other, you know, pieces, that doesn't mean we're one of the worst teams in football. And they use that as a chip on their shoulder and motivation. So, you know, I think a lot of fans, too, there were some fans who were like, oh, you know, this is going to be difficult. Didn't really believe in Baker. Didn't believe in Dave Canales as a first-time play caller. Uh, still didn't really believe in, in Todd Bowles as a head coach. And, you know, that started to – it was a roller coaster season for the Bucks. So, you know, starting off hot with that 3-1 and one record, going into the bye week and coming out and winning one of six and then finishing the season strong. So, you know, the fan base, there was a lot of emotions throughout the season where it was like, fire Todd Bowles, uh, fire, get rid of Baker. And now it's like, keep Baker at all costs. And, you know, some people still – have a little have their gripes about Todd Bowles, but you know, on the whole, the Bucks fans are really happy. I think um, winning that wild card game was was kind of where some of those naysayers and doubters amongst Bucks fans were kind of proved wrong and kind of had to eat their crow. Um, certainly, the national media had to. Um, you know, once they won the NFC South, even though it was it was not an inspiring fashion, but once they came out in Trump. The Eagles. There was there was the narrative that kind of had to be changed around the Bucks, and you know you see it now. Looking at kind of some of the you know early way to early power rankings for next year and quarterback rankings, the Bucks are you know in the middle of the pack instead of the bottom of the road. But there's a lot to do in this off season um, to to remain in that competitive spot, and the Bucks have certainly have their hands full um, when it comes to their own free agents and trying to add to this roster. 
Well, JT, that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, from an outsider, uh, you look at Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think he's a warrior considering the adversity and the different teams he's been on, how he took advantage of the opportunity with the Bucks. And then, um, then when you look at it from a receiver perspective, uh, okay, um, and when you're talking about uh, the, the best of the best, I mean, okay, I'm having a brain fart. Mike Evans? Uh, Mike Evans uh, for A&M. Uh, yeah, Mike Evans. Uh, look, every year is a 1,000 yards. He's uh, To me, he's a pro football Hall of Famer. Are the Bucks yeah. going to take care of him or he has to go elsewhere? So the Bucks have been doing this the last couple of seasons is where, you know, um, they want these guys back, but they're not going to bid against themselves. They're going to let these guys test the market. They've done the last three years with Carlton Davis, with Jamel Dean, Levante David, um, and, you know, guys like Evans, guys like Baker, they want to be here. They want to finish out their career in Tampa Bay. But obviously we know this is a business, um, and, you know, they need to make sure they're taking care of themselves as much as teams take care of them themselves. So, you know, they'll go out, test for agency. Um, likely, I think if, if either one gets a deal done prior to it, it might be Baker, um, you know, just because, you know, that's the most important position on the field, and you want to make sure you have that locked up. But Mike and Baker have both been really, um, you know, honest and out there and saying, hey, we want to come back. Mike wants to be a buck for life. Baker Look- finally found some organizational stability. You know, even though he lost his offensive coordinator in here, in comes Liam, Liam Cohen, who he worked with, you know, in that short sit in the Rams, another Sean McVay kind of coaching tree guy that runs a very, very similar offense to what, Baker thrived in going all the way back, you know, to Oklahoma um, with Kevin Stefanski that 2020 year when he really went off. Um, and then, of course, last year with Dave Canales and that small stint, you know, with the Rams who are walking, you know, hospital room with, you know, Cooper Cup and their offensive line going through 13 different starters. Um, so I, I think Baker realizes, you know, he's embraced in Tampa. Who doesn't want to live in sunny, warm Florida, right? No state, no state income tax. Right. He wants to be here, but he's not going to sell himself short either. You know, he's not going to take a huge discount. You know, if the Bucks are offering, you know, twenty five, and another team's offering thirty five, you know, he's got to think logically as well. So I don't think it's that far apart. I think you know you're looking at somewhere between twenty eight and thirty four million dollars a year for for a Baker deal, something like that. So not you know kind of under market value. A um, little bit of a hometown discount with Mike. I think it could be anywhere from, you know, last week reports were Cooper Cup money, which is like twenty-seven, twenty-eight million. I don't think he gets that. Um, I think it's somewhere closer to twenty-three to twenty-five million dollars, um, unless the team like the Texans, where he grew up, you know, Texas, Houston, Galveston area, throws the bag at him, and you know he's he wants to finish out his career there. So there's a lot of moving parts with yeah. those two guys, and then you have Antoine Winfield Jr. likely to get the franchise tag. Christian Werfs will like to reset the market at left tackle um, on his fifth-year option extension to open up some cap room as well. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts for the Bucks this season, and bringing those guys back is a key important step for them to continue to run the NFC South. Now, uh, the, JC, what about uh, these parts like Devin White and uh, I look at Levante David? I can tell you right now, Levante David, Stood. I, I don't know if he ever got enough respect. I mean, you talk about does. a decade plus. I'm like, okay. Um, I mean, will anybody show him some love? Uh, because you talk about bringing it year in and year out. Levante David, to me, is a pro football Hall of Famer. Preach. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So you agree with me, JC, about Levante yeah, David mean, not getting enough love? Come on. 
he if you match up his stats with Luke Keekley and Bobby Wagner, he outperforms both of those guys. Um, Luke Keekley was on that Carolina Panthers team that went to the Super Bowl and Cam Newton had some playoff success. And obviously Bobby Wagner with the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom. So Tampa in those years, they were struggling to, you know, finish 500, let alone sniff a playoff game. So there wasn't a lot of national media attention on Levante, and it certainly increased a little bit when Brady was here. But you want to talk about consistency, even at his age, consistency yes. that he's been out there, playmaking ability. He's not the same coverage linebacker he used to be, but he makes up for in different ways. Finished with, I believe, the most tackles for loss at the, at the linebacker position this season. Um, and it's just still one of those guys where, you know, as you mentioned, you know, year in and year out, 100-plus tackles, and he's just doing doing the job and not getting enough recognition for it. Definitely think he's a, a football Hall of Famer. Devin White's a different case. Devin White, the enig- right. enigmatic linebacker from LSU, um, you know, on on his way out of the draft said, in five years I'm going to be making, you know, I want to make a $100 million contract. Well, he played himself right out of that um, and probably played himself out of Tampa Bay. He was benched late in the season, uh, too much freelancing, um, you know, in coverage, really still struggles. Um, he's not big enough to be an every-down edge. And the blitzing's there, but it wasn't as effective uh, this season. So with the trade requests and the cryptic posts all season, season long and, uh, you know, the controversy around the Green Bay game where, you know, he was cleared medically but said he couldn't go hours before the game. I think Devin White, even though Bowles loves him like a son, I think the Bucks probably move on from him. He finds a new home somewhere. Um, but it's not going to be with the Bucks. Levante, they want him back. It's up to Levante if he wants to continue playing or not. He's not going to play anywhere else um, but Tampa, I, I think. Um, but if he wants to con- continue his career, there will be a contract waiting for him to sign. JC, obviously things could change if the Bucks don't re-sign some of their own guys. But looking at free agency and the NFL draft, what positions do you feel that the Bucks need to target? Yeah, I think edge is one of the biggest positions they need. Shaq Barrett's likely going to be a cap casualty due to his contract and lack of, you know, fall off of production. Still a very protective guy. One of the best edge rushers as far as setting the edge in the run game. Um, but they'll probably move on from him. So I think edge rusher is huge. Uh, interior line is going to be a big one as well. They need to get uh, a guard, potentially an upgrade at center. Um, but definitely a guard. You know, they could look in the free agent market. Brian Allen was just released by the by the Rams, and he has spent time with their offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, uh, similar system. So that might be something that they look at, um, even though he's dealt with injuries. Uh, you need a safety, and I think you, what you really need is a, a, a cost-controlled safety, especially if they keep, um, you know, Carlton Davis, who could potentially be traded or cut due to his contract and health. You know, just missed a lot of games over the last couple of years. So um, you're going to give Antoine Winfield Jr. the bag. you got to have some cost control depth in the back end, as you guys know. So um, I think those are the three biggest positions. And then, obviously, if things don't work out, they're going to be in the market for quarterback and they're going to be market for wide receiver and could be for starting outside, uh, starting inside linebacker as well if Levante ties it up. So there's a lot of things pending free agency and the way things go there um, as far as the draft. But um, they've set themselves up in a pretty good cap position um, where they'll be able to bring these guys back, restructure some deals, open up some money. They're not going to be able to make a big splash, you know, try to lure a Brian Burns or Josh Allen in there, um, or even maybe a price might be out of their price range. But, you know, getting a, getting a, a top-tier outside linebacker might not happen this year. They definitely need depth that position, interior, and then, you know, safety. And then the rest of it's kind of, you know, who's coming back, who's not. 
Now, uh, JC, um, I brought up Mike Evans earlier. Uh, I mean, his consistency, uh, and I'll probably I'll, I'll bragged on Tampa Bay with this, uh, the best, uh, or in the conversation, uh, best duo receivers. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I mean, uh, so where is Chris Godwin at right now? Uh, I mean, uh, th- that is, uh, no matter who's playing quarterback, we talk about uh, guys can get it done, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and, you know, and I brought up uh, Mike Evans. What about Chris Godwin? Uh, well, what's his future with the Bucks? Yeah, so Chris Godwin played a lot more outside last year, um, and he still still had his third consecutive season with 1,000 yards. Touchdown production dropped off a bit, only had uh, three touchdowns, two in the air, one in the ground this season. But Liam Cohen, one of the first things he said as offensive coordinator is he's going to put him back in, in the slot where he's had most of his, the most success he's had in his career, um, akin to like a Cooper Cup role that he's going to have in this offense. So I expect, you know, big production out of him. It's his final season under, under his deal. Um, so he'll play out, you know, likely to play out his final year of his deal. They'll probably restructure him to open up some money, add on some void years. Um, but I expect a big year out of him. Another guy who they drafted, former LSU product, went to Nebraska to finish out his college um, collegiate career, but Trey Palmer. Um, I think you saw him really take a big step last year towards the end of the season. Um, and I think he's going to be a more featured point of this offense, being playing outside, using that speed. Um, you know, and we all know rookie season is so tough for these college kids learning a new playbook, new city, new coaches, teammates, you know, they hit that rookie wall because it's, you know, way more games than they're playing. So I think with a full off season under his belt, not training for the underwear Olympic combine and uh, really studying on the, on the playbook, studying, you know, um, the route and that comfortability of where he's going, what he's doing and, you know, being able to play fast and free. I expect a, a big season out of him. I'm not saying a thousand yards, but somewhere around, you know, as a complimentary piece, 700 yards, a couple touchdowns, you know, he could be a big piece of this offense as well, especially if they bring back Mike and the focus is on him on the opposite side of the field. And they'll use Mike in the slot, too, in a different ways, too. So um, they'll move him around as well. Now, uh, you know, JC, before we let you run, uh, okay, what is, not the fans, what is your perception of Todd Bowles? Because I know Todd Bowles is a professional NFL coach. I know he knows defense. But do you view him as a truly a head coach? You understand what I'm saying, how the game changes and all that? Yeah. Todd Bowles knows uh, pro football. He knows defense. Uh, but uh, sometimes his manner is, I don't know, he's like uh, st- kind of straightforward, uh, not, yeah. I, I guess, flamboyant, if that's the right word. But, but what's no, your I take what on Todd saying. Bowles? Yeah. Yeah, so he is the ultimate player's coach, and you guys don't see it. And we, we see it sometimes behind the scenes a little bit. Um, and some of the pressers, you know, he'll crack jokes and stuff like that. And when we get him, you know, kind of in a, in a one-on-one setting, you know, and you hear all the players rave about him, um, how, you know, how he has, you know, great command of the team. Uh, even in that, when they were one and six in that losing streak, they didn't, the team didn't give up on him. You know, they were, they rallied around him. And um, I asked a couple guys, you know, uh, some of the coaches, you know, did you ever feel like you were playing for your job or playing for your coach's job? And they all kind of said, no, you know, we have trust in him. We have trust in his ability to lead us. There are some mind-boggling moments, though, when, you know, when you're not using timeouts, you know, I, I guess, you know, that Detroit game was a huge part of it. Everyone kind of blew that, blew that up, you know, not taking that timeout, letting them run the clock when they snapped the ball early, potentially getting the ball back with around, you know, 27 seconds or so. Um, I think that was a big thing. Um, but also, you know, down in distance, not going for it sometimes, electing for that big kick, 
Now, Chase McLaughlin, who they brought in as a free agent, was money on a lot of those, so it didn't really – you didn't bat an eye. But if you would have missed some of those 50-yarders and, you know, you're right. in, you know, fourth and three and, you know, some of those – some things like that, you're like, why aren't we going for it? The stats say, the analytics say go for it. You know, it's you've got a better odds of going for it. You know, if not, you're, you're still backing these guys up at the 30. Do you trust your defense? And the defense was banged up, and there was a lot of – the thing about this season that I think was truly remarkable about – uh, Todd Bowles is he had 15 rookies um, log snaps on defense, and a, and a majority of them were starters too on offense and defense. You had guys like Cody Mock, um, was second round rookie starting, Kalaja Kansi starting as a rookie, Yaya Diaby, undrafted free agent Christian Izian starting. Other guys got propelled into the starting roles due to injuries. So, you know, Trey Palmer, sixth round pick, Servasier Dennis, fifth round pick, uh, Kayvon Merriweather at safety undrafted so you know he they knew they were going to be in a year where they had to eat a large portion of cap almost 80 million dollars in dead cap space um and that they had to rely on a lot of young guys and the way he kind of developed them the way they rode through the storm um you know i think said a lot about him as a coach now there's still going to be those moments where like what are you doing um but i think every fan base has that right so um I, i think he's a legitimate head coach um, but again, he's a defensive head coach, um, which always puts teams in a bind because we saw it this year with Dave Canales. If you get yourself a good offensive coordinator, you know you're going to be replacing them every two to three years. One to two, in this case, one year, um, and it kind of puts you as a head coach in, in a particular situation. So um, where you're, you know, fighting to get back yeah. to where you were every year with new, new, new pieces in place. Now, uh, JC, I lied to you. I got one more. Because uh, <laughs> I look at the Bucks and I'm like, okay, uh, they like the Saints uh, in the NFC South, uh, but they've won a couple of Super Bowls. Uh, now, Carolina's been there twice, er, nothing. Atlanta's been there twice, er, nothing. The Saints have been there one time, they won, but Tampa Bay has a couple of Super Bowl victories. How do they view, if you're a Bucks fan, a true Bucks fan, how do you view like Brad Johnson in those days winning a Super Bowl versus when Tom Brady came to town. Isn't that – it's like Hollywood. I don't know. Tom Brady's coming to town. I'm going to win a Super right. Bowl. You know, I think um, two different really errors of the of, of the game, right? And right. in the 2002, you could still hit people. You could still knock people off their block. You could hit the quarterback. You could right. do a lot of different things. Um, so I think, you know, Brad Johnson looked at the, you know – He's kind of he's got a, kind of a cult following. People know what he is. He's no, you know, he's not a Hall of Fame. He's not even a Bucks Ring of, you know, I don't even think he's a Bucks Ring of Honor candidate at all. But he got the job done when the defense was so good and so strong. In 2020, it's completely different because obviously we were dealing in the midst of a pandemic with COVID, um, and Brady's the the, the right. goat. And you see what, you know. You see what that team was able to do with the points they scored on Kansas City. And not just the points, but the points they limited them to. Um, you know, it's just fascinating. No team has been able to really kind of do that in that grandest stage. Is just kind of shut down Patrick Mahomes. And I know they're dealing with some injuries on the offensive line and, and issues like that. Everyone likes to bring that up. But, um, you know, you still can't take that away from what they were able to accomplish. So I think it's just a two different things. Tom Brady is a GOAT. He was a GOAT before he came here. Brad Johnson did his job, you know, and, and he didn't lose the game for him um, and let the defense really kind of do what they were supposed to do with those, you know. I think they had a return touchdown, a defensive touchdown in that Super Bowl. So, yeah. um, you know, both of them are special to Bucks fans in, in, in two different ways. 
Um, they won that and, second one at home, too. The second one first ever at home for us, um, which was, you know, uh, amazing story. Now, obviously, the Rams did it the next year with a full, you know, full stadium. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, you look at both of those and you're, you you love them. And, you know, if you're a Bucks fan, at least, you love them and you respect them for what they were in both different ways. So, JC, definitely always appreciate the time. We'll be talking to you soon. I uh, hope you have a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. And, Talk to you next time. All right, JC. As JC Allen, Tampa Bay reporter for Bucks Game Day, we'll be back, right back with more sports talk right after this on WWL. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi view mode and catch up with in game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Great stuff from J.C. Allen on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For all you Saints fans on there, out there wanting more intel on the enemy, right now we're going to get to that Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. James and Nola, you've been hanging on. What you got for us tonight, James? Yeah, I wanted to switch up with the Pels real quick, but... Uh... You guys got a lot of good stuff going on about the Saints. But real quick with the Pels, uh, I remember uh, speaking to uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas once uh, a while back, and he said that he got their style, that they got the Pistons when they were rolling. They got their style from none other than the Celtics, uh, particularly during uh, the time when uh, – when uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the All the – the, the, what's the Hall of Fame guy that just that just passed the center? Uh, my God, I got a, Bill I got a brain fart. What's he? Yeah, Bill Russell. Yeah, he got they got their style off of Bill Russell. Basically, what it was was when when Dennis, when they when they got Dennis Rodman, he could score, but they didn't want him to score. They already had scores. They needed somebody to to get the rebound and the block shots. Yes, the hustle. And that's and that's exactly what the Pels need. They need they need rebounding. They got the, the block shots. They got all the talent in the world. They got more talent than any team that's ever. Hey, hey, ever so, hey, hey so James, James, are you optimistic? They won seven in the last eight. Where the Pels are at, I think they got to take advantage of the schedule right now. They play Houston uh, tomorrow night. That they're going against the Rockets. Uh, but uh, boy, you talk about uh, meeting the schedule. Uh, that's why they got to win now. The last 11 games uh, in the Western uh, Conference, it's all like uh, playoff teams. <laughs> or It's been there. So, you know, you got 27 games left. Uh, the last 11, all those teams are for sure relevant. That's why, you know, you had a break with the All-Star uh, break. Uh, they got to take advantage of this going forward. So I'm looking at the Pels. You know, you can break it down a week, week and a half, whatever. Uh, I can think uh, – Ending February, going into early March, hell yeah, they got to win. They got to take advantage of the schedule, James. So, so I got to ask you guys: Is is Daniels out for the season, or he just out for a few games? That's going to make a difference. They're hoping that uh, Daniels, uh, obviously, if they make the playoff push, they're hoping he can make it back in time for that. But he won't be back for the regular season. Wow. Yeah. Wow! Wow! That's a big loss because the guys that are going to replace him are shooters. Which is nice, but they but they no. You're gonna miss defense. that D for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have a lot more shootouts. I, I like the 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 fact. Well, you that, still have uh, Herb he Jones. He can play a little defense. He can play. Yeah, I mean they got guys that that play decent defense. But uh, again, 
for them to go deep in the playoffs or even get to past the, uh, you know, the, this playing thing. Uh, we don't even want to see the play in. No, we don't want to do the play in. You know what, James? You know we're going to measure the team by uh, because uh, that's what happened. We're going to measure them by the Crescent City Connection, uh, Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, 2007 and eight. Uh, they were one game going to the Western Conference Final. We need some Trey Murphy heads going through the no, stadium, the, the, the arena. So that's when, when you truly – I remember going uh, that, that season. Boy, I'd just been here a couple of years doing the radio and all that and the Hornets. I'm telling you, uh, that's when the Kings Center was rocking. It was loud and proud. If they win, if people will show up. They, gotta, they don't care if they got to go to work uh, the next morning. It could be a Wednesday or Thursday night. They had the game. And they want to be in that number. Uh, but see, I, I still have my old school CP3 uh, T-shirt uh, from that. And think about all where Chris Paul's been. And I was still uh, still lasting. But that year, that's kind of a measuring stick where you want the Pels to be. You want to give the fans a lot of hope. Uh, 49, 50 wins, somewhere around there. No, not no damn playing game. No, you, you get into the playoffs and then you have a chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. That, that's when I think you're truly training in the right direction. Taking a break here on Sports Talk. We'll wrap up the 6 o'clock hour after this on WWL. All right, LSU fans, the basketball team men are coming off a huge win at South Carolina tonight. The Bayou Bengals take on the Kentucky Wildcats, ranked number 17. We're going to join tip-off 8 p.m. right here on WWL, AMFM.com, and, of course, the free Odyssey app. Coming up next hour, we're going to get more into NFC South Talk, hitting the Atlanta Falcons with D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Falcons beat writer. And then after that, we'll close things out. The team that finished last in the division, of course. Uh, Believe in Panthers podcast host Desmond Johnson will also join us as we uh, wrap up things in the NFC South, checking out the Saints competition. Steve Geller along with Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, and Charlie Long will be right back with one more hour here on WWL. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.